whirling vortex of shopping frenzy <laughs> to support your local independent bookstores as well as your independent reading series and <gasps> independent radio. Good night. Hello. This is KBOO Portland. Get ready for the Sudden Radio Project. This is a November issue from 2009. We hope you like it. Jump into bed. Turn down the lights. Turn up the volume. This is the Sudden Radio Project. stupid idea was this anyway? Everyone is smarter than George W. We're losing our shirts on this one. Do you realize we've had 17 million dollar winners so far? There was that one contestant who didn't win the million. Well, that's because her water broke and she was rushed to the hospital to deliver twins. Oh, yeah. She's scheduled for the final question next week. Great. But don't worry. Tonight's contestant is a surefire loser. And in five, four, three, two... I'm smarter than George W. I'm smarter than George W. And now for a very special edition of Are You Smarter Than George W. With tonight's special guest contestant. This man has three priors as a former coke addict, an alcoholic, and former governor of Texas. That's right, folks. It's the man himself. who the contestant was. In fact, we called every celebrity from Britney to the Dixie Chicks. But the teen man was the only one desperate enough to take the gig. And tonight's special classmates appearing upon the request of W.R. Dick Cheney, Condoleezza Rice, Alberto Gonzalez, Tony Blair, and George's favorite first lady. My mama's on the show. No, sir, Mr. President. Your favorite first lady and wife, your very own Mrs. Laura Bush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, honey. And now, let's hand the show over to tonight's new host, Mr. T. I pity the fool. Now listen up. You got five classmates to help you, and they'll be taking the test with you. No one mentioned test. Where are my notes? Shut up. You have three cheats. I was told I could have five cheats. Yeah, that's right. Ten. They said there was ten cheats for me. I know that's what they said. What you talking about, W? You know, I'm going to cheat any... I mean... I was told I had ten. Whatever. Just pick one of these fools. Well, I'm honored to be here with the Eternal General of the United States, me amigo, Alberto Gonzalez. Come on down. <laughs> Wrong show, fool. Now listen up to the rules for tonight. You got ten subjects on the board, and you can win from $1,000 to $500,000. I could buy a new Rolex, or maybe a, another oil well. <laughs> Very funny, Mr. President. Because you know tonight's prize money will be going to the devastated victims of Hurricane Katrina. Oh, yeah. I told the governor I'd rebuild his mansion. We was going to drink vodka, uh, lemonade on his front porch. That's right. Lemonade. Yummy. If you can get through these questions, we're going to give you a bonus question worth one million dollars. If it's too tough for your brain, you can drop out. Could I call my daddy? Don't make me come over there. If you do drop out, you have to promise to look in the camera and tell the world that you're a paper champion, W. You're a paper champion, and you're not smarter than yourself. <laughs> I'm not. What? Let's get this show over with. I gotta get home and watch reruns of the A-Team. Pick a subject. I pick third grade technology. How does information get out to the public? A. Television, radio, internet, B. Newspapers, or C. All the above. Information is moving. You know, nightly news is one way, of course, but it's also moving through the blogosphere and through the internets. Are you shitting me? Let's peek at Gonzalez's answer. It's C. 
Pick another classmate. I thought we each helped him with two questions. Forget it, Gonzalez. We're cutting this down to one question each. I gotta get out of here. Pick someone or I'll do it for you. My attitude is, if they're still writing about number one, 43 doesn't need to worry about it. What? I pick Condi. Thank you, sir. I'm a commander guy. I know, sir. Let's move it, fool. Pick a category. I pick first grade, uh, potpourri. That's potpourri, fool. Yo, your question is, what is a hanging chad? Well, I've been in politics long enough to know that the polls just go poof at times. Say what? Final answer. Do you want to use a cheat? I always do. Let's see Condi's answer. Condi saved your ass, George. Pick another classmate. My relationship with this good man is where I've been focused. And that's where my concentration is. And I don't regret any other aspect of it. We filled a lot of space together. Are you high? Who do you want? Well, I picked Tony. <laughs> I've heard he's been called Bush's poodle. He's bigger than that. <laughs> Yo, Blair, you're up. Hello, George. Howdy doody. Pick a subject. Well, how about Fox Pass for 25000 I believe that's faux pas, GW. Well, alrighty then, TB. Enough BS. On May 7, 2007, while addressing Queen Elizabeth on a visit to Washington, D.C., what fool said the following? You helped our nation celebrate its bicentennial in 17, 1976. Hey, that voice sounded very familiar. I know I've heard it somewhere before. Hmm. Is it, is it Belly Bob Thornton? Tell him, Tony, so we can go to a commercial. That would be you, George. Right before you winked at Her Majesty. No, I don't think so. Is it Bella Ray Cyrus or Keanu Reeves or maybe Christopher Walken? I pity the fool. Or Do the commercial. I need a break. Or Dennis Hopper. Or maybe it was Matthew McConaughey or Burt Reynolds. Is the president losing his mind? Will he flunk out? Or will he cheat his way to the top? Find out next on... Are you a fat lard American? Of course you are. Having trouble on tests? Homework? Bullies? In that case, you need a secret Asian man, the pocket-sized Asian that lives in your backpack. I used to get beat up all the time, but then I got a secret Asian man. So when the bullies come knocking, my Asian goes socking or something. I never understood my math work. Then I got a secret Asian man. I put in the math work, and in less than a minute, he's done. Now I have an A in all my classes. There you have it. Backpack not included. Secret Asian man. Secret Asian man. Secret Asian man. Giving you a number and eating your neighbor's dog. Tina. No, I bet it was the real Paul. Yo, fool, we're back. Let's get this over with. Pick someone. Well, now, did I get it right? <laughs> you can't pull the rug over my ears. There's a lot of blowhards in the political process, you know, a lot of hot air artists, people who have something fancy to say. Not only that, I think that the vice president is a person reflecting a half-glass fool mentality. That's why I picked Dick. Come help me do some cheating. <laughs> you forgot to call me sir. You're a kidder, Dicky. Pick a subject, fool. I'll try fourth grade historic wars. Which of these George W. Bush quotes from 2007 has nothing to do with war, eh? More than two decades later, it is hard to imagine the Revolutionary War coming out any other way. B. One of my concerns is that the health care not be as good as it can possibly be. Or C. There are some similarities, of course, between Iraq and Vietnam. Death is terrible. I'm going to try to see if I can remember as much to make it sound like I'm smart on the subject. Good luck with that. Ah. Uh, what was the question? It's B, you moron. B. B, do you hear me? B. We're kicking ass here. Move it, Cheney. You're finished here. Hey, George. What are you doing tomorrow? I thought you and I could take that hunting trip I've been trying to get you on. Well, sure thing, Dickie. If you bird brains are finished, we still have one classmate left, so move your ass, Cheney. Get up here, Mrs. Bush. Mama. You white fool, pay attention. 
It's all right, dear. Let's win that $500,000 question, shall we? I could get a new... Don't start that again. Pick your last subject. My job is a job to make decisions. I'm a decision. If the job description were, what do you do, it's decision maker. So that's what I'm going to do. Make a decision on the subject. Let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny... No more! Pick one! Well, Laura is a librarian person, so I choose first grade grammatical errors. Fix the following grammatical errors. Families is where our nation finds hope, where wings take dream. I know how hard it is for you to put food on your family. Rarely is the question asked, is our children learning? Is this a trick question? I say there is no grammatical errors. Actually, dear. No, honey. I've got this one on my own. They misunderestimated me. Them sentences is just fine. You can't fool me with your trick questions. I know there is no mistakes in them sentences. But, George... Final answer? No deal. What are you doing with this food? The wife wrote down the correct answers and saved the ass. Now, are you going to risk everything to win a million? I could... For the Katrina victims! Or do you want to quit and take the 500000 Can I cheat? No, but you can hear the question. This process has been drug out a long time. Which says to me it's political. That's right. It's fifth grade political science. Well, if I can't cheat no more, then I don't want to play. Then say it, fool. Tell the whole world what you promise. My name is George W. Bush, and I can dictate better, but I am not smarter than George W. Hey, that's my name. Mama, you was right. People followed me like Moses, and now they're naming shows after me. That's right, dear. A mother knows. I pity the food. Do I get to take anything with me? Shut up. I want a million, right? Maybe I'll buy some new oil wells. Then I can raise the cost of gas again. I I mean, (laughs) I I don't do that. Cheney, let's go raise some taxes. Tune in next week to see us lose more money to new contestants on... I'm smarter than George W. Ben, we've asked you here today because we have some good news. And we have some bad news. I can't take any more bad news. There was a glitch in the computer and the word toys somehow got changed to boys, which isn't in the damn machine's program language. So the computer shut down and now children in 14 countries will have to go without toys this year. So why don't you just give me the good news and stop there? No can do, Ben. This is my ninth firing today and I have a schedule to keep. You're firing me? Mark, that's a terrible management style. Where did you learn that? I can't reveal my sources, Hilda, but he assured me I could get away with it. Just because you're Dr. Sharkman doesn't mean you don't have to go to the end of the line. Can you two have social intercourse later? Did you just fire me? Yes, we did, Ben. But I have mouths to feed, just like everyone else. We feel your pain, Ben. If you want to feel my pain, Hilda, I'll give you something to feel. Now, Ben, this is part of the company's downsizing effort. Mark, I don't think you can officially say that, even if it's true. I was trying to explain so he understands why we're letting him go. You're downsizing me? Not you, Ben. The company is downsizing. Are the economics of the class action lawsuit forcing you to rob Peter to pay Paul? One thing has nothing to do with the other. Are you sure? What about the new Santa Corps building? You have a mortgage, right? Still, one thing has nothing to do with the other. I think it does. And I know it doesn't. In my theory of the perpendicular variable on the dark horse in the marketplace, I have statistically proven that one does not intersect with the other on the Venn diagram of happenstance, belligerence, and Deuteronomy. Well, I'm not surprised that you can make the numbers come out any way you want. I know about the Hawthorne effect. You do? It doesn't excuse you. I don't need an excuse. We Santas in the Santa Corps know what's going on. What's going on, Ben? And remember, this all goes in your record. Which I will request a copy of. You can do that. It was probably an economist like yourself who came up with what Santa Corps has done since the class action lawsuit was filed. And I assure you, one thing has nothing to do with the other. The coincidence can't be ignored. Even those of us with no college degrees can't ignore coincidences. Okay, Ben, I'll play along. What coincidence? Santa Corps floods the internal job market with younger, less experienced Santas. 
then when there's a contract for Santas, you hire the younger Santas. It's economics, Ben. We have to give the younger workers a leg up. And that means more money in your pockets, Mark. Don't play me for a fool. No one's doing that, Ben. But what the Corps did decide to do was institute a no-bump policy. A what? A no-bump policy. Will I find that on the website? No, Ben, it's not on the website. Is that like three strikes and you're out? It's more like one strike and you're out. Which means? You can't make any mistakes. I can't make any mistakes. Are you serious, Mark? We have a new policy, Hilda. Didn't you get the memo? What memo? I didn't get any memo. New corporate policy. You can't make any mistakes. Last time I looked, Mark, I was still human. Doesn't matter. No mistakes. Mark, when you look at this logically... You have to be able to finesse mistakes, Ben. Prevent them before they happen. This is a joke, right? It's corporate policy. That's a skewed, discriminating, cockamamie... Watch your language, Ben. Hilda, you ain't seen the kind of language I can use once I get going. Anywho, you're finished here. Sixteen years. That's as long as Lou Gehrig played for the Yankees. We're sorry, Ben. You just made too many mistakes. You don't think putting coal in the stockings of all the members of the House of Representatives went a bit too far. That's what was written on the invoice you sent to my department. You must have read it wrong, Ben. The mandate was for gold, not coal. And you're firing me before you give me a chance not to make any more mistakes? Which is probably not human. And even though I kept the invoice from that year? You'll collect unemployment, of course. Of course. What? You're entitled to unemployment. But I'm a seasoned Santa. I want to be working. I need to be working. You can always go to India. Why would I want to do that? That's where we've outsourced your job to, Ben. India. Oh, that makes no sense. Actually, Ben, it makes perfect sense. If it's anything like the no-bump policy, I'm sure it'll make a hell of a lot of sense. Let me explain my intellectual beauty, Ben. Kids these days don't have time to visit Santa. No time to sit on Santa's lap. And with all the attention deficit statistics, kids can't sit still long enough to sit on Santa's lap. So the Corps outsourced all the Santa jobs to India. You're joking. It's ingenious. Kids dial up from their computer and enter their requests into a database which they've created. Like a bridal registry, but for kids. Dial up a Santa. It's quite clever. 16 years. There is unemployment. But I want to be working. Sorry, Ben. We'll escort you out of the building now. But my co-workers, I, w I want to say goodbye to the elves and the reindeer. No can do, Ben. But they've been my family for 16 years. You gotta at least give me that. We're on a tight schedule here, Ben. It's not fair. Not much is, Ben, but you've been a good Santa. But you made too many mistakes. But I have all these testimonials from kids around the world. It doesn't matter, Ben. I'm sure my lawyer will have something to say about this. Oh, Ben. Ben, I wish you hadn't said the L word. I have legal rights, you know. Your severance package is now null and void. What? Here are your unemployment forms. I suggest you call today to register because you'll have to wait a week before you start to receive your checks. I've never been on unemployment in my life. Well, there's a first time for everything, Ben. Good luck. We can't sign you out until you turn in your Santa suit. But that's what I wear to work. I'll leave here in my woolen underwear. Not our problem, Ben. I don't think you would have survived here, Ben. Remember that no-bump policy? If you can't remember not to wear your Santa suit home, then that's a strike against you. But I'm the real thing. I wear my Santa suit to work, and I wear it home because I'm the real thing. Sorry, Ben. But, but, but... I saw this once before in my Santa Corps career. Man thought he was the real Santa, too. What happened? He still thinks he's the real Santa. Where? Wherever there's a Santa wandering around. I think he was last seen in Pioneer Square. Or maybe it was Washington Square. Do we have another square in Portland, Hilda? Beats me. Uh, he's out there somewhere, in a square, wandering around. But he never received unemployment, right? He couldn't have received unemployment and been allowed to keep a Santa suit. That's just it, Hilda. He turned in his suit. We gave him his unemployment papers. Next thing we know, he's in downtown Portland, in his suit, in all kinds of weather. And as soon as someone approaches him, he disappears. Poof. Into thin air. Is this job too stressful for you, Mark? I rather enjoy the look on people's faces when I tell them they're no longer employed. Are you perhaps enjoying it too much? My job is secure, Hilda. I have a PhD in economic theory and the toppling of small countries, so I will never be out of a job. Don't be so sure, Mark. Are you threatening me, Hilda? Because if you're threatening me, I can make sure you never work in this town again. No one's threatening you, Mark, but I have a question. A quick question, Hilda. I have miles to go before I sleep. When did that coal mishap take place? 
It was the first year of the second Bush regime. When did we start your much-touted outsourcing program? First year of the second Bush regime. Let me call up the invoice Ben's talking about. I want to check something. Uh-oh. My kids say uh-oh like that, and it's never good. This is worse than never good. How never good? Well, it says gold on the invoice. What did I tell you? And it was the year your outsourcing program began. I got a hefty bonus that year for all the money I saved the Santa Corps. We outsourced to India. Looks like someone mistook gold for coal, and, well, the rest is history. So? You made up that no-bump policy, didn't you, Mark? What are PhDs for, Hilda? I worked two jobs when I was writing my thesis. I had a wife and four kids to support. My thesis was given the outstanding thesis in the Western Hemisphere for Type A personalities who don't crack under the strain award. But you made up the no-bump policy, right? It's rather elegant, don't you think? Well, it could come back to haunt you. I'm sure you have a point you're trying to make, Hilda. Do it fast. Oh, I'll do it fast, all right. This class action lawsuit we're involved in? Which one? The one where corporate won't pay female Santas as much as men because they say women aren't as qualified. No bumps, remember? That's sexist. Welcome to my world, Hilda. You aren't going to have much of a world, Mark, if you keep making up these absurd policies. Santa Corps bottom line is showing a staggering gain in the world market. And morale is so low, I don't have any tools left to measure it. I'm an economist, Hilda. They pay me a bonus for each older employee I let go. I've compiled some statistics on my own, Mark. Let me run these by you before your next serial firing. Fire away, Hilda. You've fired an inordinate number of Santas over 40, as in way beyond what statistical probability will support or uphold in a court of law. That can't be. I checked my numbers. You probably used a calculator, right? Of course I used a calculator. Remember that outsourcing job you sent to that tiny, tiny, not-even-on-the-map country off the Bimini Islands? The one in the Bermuda Triangle? Turns out those calculators were defective and the numbers are all off by two decimal places. You're joking. Do I look like I'm joking? So how many over 40 firings am I off by? You don't want to know. Well, I can't be off by much. You can't do math in your head anymore, can you, Mark? They didn't give me a PhD because I could do math in my head. But your decision has cost this company some of our best Santas. So sue me. The Santa Corps has sharks for lawyers. I may have to. You can't because you're fired. I'm over 40, Mark. You look over 40. My union has its own sharks. Fine. Be that way. I need Ben's file to hand over at the end of the day. That's funny. It's blank. Don't yank my chain, Hilda. This is the program you outsourced to that country that surfaced out of a volcano in the Hawaiian Islands. Reboot the program. The computer won't reboot, Mark. I have to fire three more Santas before lunch. Good luck. Looks like the computer's files have all been wiped out. I am going to assume it was your brilliant idea to outsource the motherboard assembly of these computers to that tiny Eskimo colony off the Bering Sea where the temperatures get so cold in the winter that you freeze your gazoobies off. Was that sexual harassment, Hilda? Oh, I see you don't know the meaning of the word gazoobie. I just made it up. It's the part of the anatomy on a person that freezes first. And I imagine that your Christmas, Dr. Mark, will be a slightly cold one. I imagine that your wife will finally leave you. Oh yes, she and I have talked. She's fed up to here. I have a connection in the voodoo nation of Jamaica. He assures me that... Gifts I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing But I pause because Hang in my stacking I can hear him knocking Santa Claus Sure is dark out Ain't the slightest spark out Just my lacking jaws Who's there? Who is it? Stepping for a visit Is it you, Santa Claus?
Are we planning to eat before the end of the goddamn holiday season? Language, Gerald. How about before I die of old age, then? Gerald, please. We promised Richard we'd wait, Dad. No, you promised we'd wait. Host's prerogative. It's my party, and we'll wait if I want to. Go nibble on some Melba toast if you're hungry. I'd prefer a Melba turkey. Do we have to, Mom? He's always late. Your uncle may not always arrive punctually to these occasions, honey, but I've never known him to miss one. Especially if there's a free meal involved. Negativity, Gerald. Don't see what the rush is. Can't we just have a nice, relaxing day of good, old-fashioned family camaraderie and joy? Language, Gerald! It wasn't me! It was Uncle Tony. You sired him, Gerald. But he was... Damn godforsaken gobblebart! Language! Don't bother, Mother. I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The eagle has landed, our goose is cooked, the canary has perished in the coal mine, Elvis has left the building to grab a burger. What are you babbling about, Uncle Tony? Dinner is served! And I'd also like to announce a last-minute addition to the customary cranberry sauce. If anyone would care for a spritz on their tender slab of bird flesh from the humongous blood blister I'm incubating, I will gladly oblige. Unsanitary. Sorry, Mother. Shall we indulge? Negatory, Antonio. Your sister insists we plant our thumbs portside until that dithering brother of yours arrives. Bad nautical, Gerald. Richie Ricardo's in town, eh? Which wife is he bringing this time? The new one. They're not married yet. Betrothed? Living in sin, I imagine. Can you believe our offspring, Lois, running like animals with the nearest hunk of meat they can get their mitts on? Marrying and unmarrying, willy-nilly, raising daughters without fathers and sons without mothers. Did I carry their sorry sperm in these loins for 20 years for this? Language, Gerald. I'm sure those swimmers were a real heavy load, Dad. Had to swing my sack over my shoulder to keep it from dragging on the ground. (laughs) Oh, bad visual, Gerald. I would like to remind everyone, for the record, that I was adopted and therefore bear no responsibility for our dear patriarch's road-burned testes. Sure you do. You're blood now, boy. How so? Osmosis. In that case, I'll just lay this hunk of turkey on my arm and enjoy a nutritious meal. Potatoes, please. Drop that morsel and put your hands where I can see them, Klepto. We'll give them a few more minutes. Their plane was probably delayed. Nothing's ever on time, especially this time of year. I hope the damn thing crashed and they burnt to a crisp in a gigantic ball of flame. Oh, pyromania, Gerald. Do you really mean that, Dad? Maybe. Okay, you know what? I've had enough. Sit down, everyone. Right now. Finally, food! About time! Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh, not yet. We're going to play a little game first. You'll probably think it's silly, but unless you want to be thrown out of my house, you'll indulge me. We're going to go around the table, and I want everyone to say something nice and sincere to the person next to them. I just wanted dinner with my family, not up with people. Hush. I'll start. Tony, you've always been a very special brother to me. Whenever I've needed support or cheering up or a couple hundred bucks or someone who wasn't afraid to listen to me cry, you've been there for me. I love you. You didn't tell me you'd gotten a job with Hallmark. Oh, sarcasm. Sorry, Mother. Sorry, Sis. Seriously, I appreciate you saying that. I love you, too. Jesse? Jess. Right. I knew that. I really did. Jess, even though we only see each other a handful of times a year, I've had the pleasure of watching you grow from an awkward but cute little rug rat into a mature, savvy, level-headed young woman who's not afraid to dream big dreams. I'm extremely proud of you. Thanks, Uncle Tony. Grandma, I just want you to know how much I admire you for your patience and persistence with Grandpa. Even though we all know he's not going to change, it doesn't stop you from trying. (laughs) I love you, Grandma. I love you too, dear. Honey, though I often fear that your soul will roast for all of eternity in the fire pits of Hades, 
I know that in your heart. You are a kind, caring, and wonderful man, and I wouldn't have wanted to spend my life with anyone else. I love you. Oh, I love you too, sweet potato. Phew! Saved by the bell. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Everyone, this is Dominique. Pleasure to meet you all. That's a great sweater. I love your accent. You got a great pair of eyes. Which is quite fond of you, you know. He's a loser, but we love him. Well, thank you. That's nice. Sorry we're late. The Our plane had a flat. Our was delayed. Uh, I mean, we mean, uh... Just admit it, you were hanking and panking in the backseat of the goddamn car! Language, Gerald! It was the front seat, actually. Atta, girl! Come on in. Make yourselves at home. I'll take your coats. Oh, you're just in time for dinner. Have a seat and let's eat! Last one to the table's a rotten egg. They seem so different from the way you talked about them. They seem so nice. It is a little odd. Well, you know what they say. Say lovey. As I recall, it was a pretty nice day. Not too hot, not too windy. Sure, a little annoying, but then what can you do? Hey, what's going on in Gastly's office? He's got John Rasco in there. John Rasco? Yeah, you know John Rasco. That guy that the FDS chased for three months a couple of years ago? They wound up with no case, a huge fuel bill. It was a deal that brought Chandry here. I won't bet on it, but I'm guessing that he's going to take the oath. Oh, you think, Fern? Screw you, Burns. John's not the type to knuckle under just because. I'm sorry, John, but you have to say it. Come on, man. I thought you were going to do the repeat-after-me thing. John, you know that I cannot assist an applicant in any untoward fashion. A citizen's statement of affiliation must be sincere and forthright. It shall reflect a citizen's uninfluenced desire to be a productive element of the community. It is a representation of a citizen's true faith in the federal system. I know how it goes. I know the drill. Jeez, some friend you are. This has nothing to do with being friends, John. You know that I am just doing my job. Yeah, Kevin, just doing your job. Siegheil. Hey, runner, we are all supposed to be doing what we can to make this work. Hey, Roro, we all are. Look, would you rather have someone like that bastard Chandri doing all of this, would you? Well, no, but that doesn't make it right. Well, we're not the ones that get to decide what's right or not. (laughs) Christ, John, just Just do it. All right. I guess. Turn the recorder on. I, John Rasco, do acknowledge and declare my status as a citizen of the reformed United American States and subject to the laws, regulations, and directives of the recognized federal authority. I am aware of the penalties and punishments incurred by non-adherents. Do you make this declaration free from any coercive or inappropriate guidance? I do. Is it a sincere and forthright statement of affiliation? It is. Confirmation of declaration ICN 153-73122. Grassley, Kevin Anderson. Is it off? Yes. You're a bastard, Kevin. We all are. We all are. Hey, give my best to Kim. Sure. See you around, Kev. 
Mmm, that smells good. I'm canning some soup. There's some for lunch. Would you set the table, please? It would be my pleasure. Did you see Kevin? Yep, just now. He sends his regards. Did you take care of it? Did you say it? I did. You know that it's what we have to do, don't you? Yeah, I do. So we can go to the bank and get the papers signed? We can. Well, you can. I think it might go better if I'm not there. Old Smithrom probably hasn't let go of our last encounter. I'll kick one of the waste cans to check for residual imprinting. There's nothing to worry about, John. It's what we have to do right now. I know. It just galls me that this is the only way to do it. Well, I think that you're showing them that they can't keep us down. I think that... I I think that you still scare them. Hell, I think that the wind scares them. I guess that I'll be out working on the tractor. Looks like she'll be needed sooner than I thought. Oh, once again, flaunting your mistress. I am shot. There is none but thee, my heart. Now to the treasury, go! And fare thee well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mendez, you've read the files. You know that Rasco and I have a history, and you know about the previous encounters between him and the FDS. I want you to take the lead on entry, and I'll take it from there, okay? Sure, Agent Thompson. Works for me. Well, then, let's go. You John Rashko? Who's asking? Federal Domestic Security Agents Mendez and Thompson. What can I do for the recognized federal authority today? We were in the neighborhood and thought that we'd drop by for a visit. We heard that you took the pledge. Finally. Well, you know, you do what you gotta do. You mean, should, don't you, Mr. Rashko? I believe that he does mean should, Agent Mendez. Don't you, Mr. Rasco? Sure. Why not? There's no problem with Agent Mendez making a quick sweep of the outbuildings, is there, Mr. Rasco? No problems anywhere, Agent Thompson. Mendez, give me a heads up when you're done, okay? Sure thing, Agent Thompson. What's the deal, Stan? Why don't you tell me, John? Kevin comes walking in the door telling me that you just about did the deed. I get a call from Smith Ron about Kim being there with the papers for processing, and I've got the Boy Scout explaining to me how there's inherent conflict of interest regarding anything concerning you and me. Why didn't you give me a little more notice? I might as well just walk around scratching myself. (laughs) Old Smith Ron, he was annoyed. Oh, he's always annoyed. I still say that it's from him not getting laid on graduation. I'd say it helped him now, too. So what gives? Why now? Let's say that it was the most viable option available to me as I consider my present situation. The most viable option? Yeah, most viable. Do I need to be appraised of the non-viable options? I can't think of why. So you're going to be a farmer? Hell, that was the dream, wasn't it? The price for winter wheat is up. There's a new hybrid out of the university. Most of the farm has been fallow since Dad was killed. It also gives me a reason for getting this old tractor going again. This isn't your dad's old Mini Moline, is it? Yep, it sure is. This is Bessie May. And you're going to actually do farm work with it? Her. I'm going to work with her. I'm into anthropomorphism lately. Eh, Okay. Okay, well... I wish you good fortune and hope that you prosper in all your endeavors, Farmer Rasco. I am thankful for your good wishes, Federal Representative Thompson, and I extend them to you and yours as well. Hey, I'm meeting Kim at the Roadhouse for dinner later. Maybe we'll run into you and Sally? Maybe. Wait, uh, she's, she's doing the local review board tonight. I'll check to see what the boss thinks. Looks like we're done here. Tango 2, sit rep, go. Gulf 1, we are clear. Over. Roger, rally point. Out. 
Hey, don't be a stranger. And be good, JR. I didn't have to like what I was doing. A lot of times you don't get to. Wouldn't be the first time, and I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be the last. It was somewhat amusing to see all the threads being jangled by my actions. Of course, that's not necessarily a good thing, but I certainly was starting to have some fun. Hey now. Hey now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Kim said that I'd run into you out here. Yeah, she's like that. Keeps you on your toes. She also told me that I was coming to dinner tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, really? I guess we'll have to fire up the grill and have us a regular old shindig. That'd be real nice. Are you just out? Got off the bus about an hour and a half ago. You doing all right? It's good to be able to breathe. You know that if there's anything that I can do for you, all you gotta do is say it. Thanks, I know. Say, uh, is that old line shack still standing? The one up near the high meadow? Yeah, it is. I could see spending some time up there. It'd give me a chance to stretch out a bit, if you don't mind. Don't mind at all. Should be real nice up there right now. Are you headed over to Green Glen? My presence has been requested so that I might regale the dearest father and stepmother with hijinks and frivolities of which I've had the pleasure to experience whilst a guest at the Patterson Regional Federal Corrective Facility. I can think of other ways of spending my first night of freedom in 11 months. But one does what one must do, right? You have one of the secrets of life, cousin. We'll make up for it tomorrow. Okie dokie. Okie dokie, smoky jokey. I'll see you tomorrow. Girl, are you slipping? I'm looking at the clock. Remember, he's going to stop to talk with Leander. <laughs> yeah, so? So, you have to take that into account, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's male, so the conversation will be brief. Except that they are relations, and Leander is just out of detention. Okay, but... Well, then what would be the appropriate allowance? I generally allow three extra minutes for each successive degree of affinity. Three minutes? How do you come up with three minutes? Well, you took your time, didn't you? Hello, Starshine. What's the rumpus? There's no rumpus, Johnny. Me and your mall have been yapping. About the free beer that we're about to drink? (laughs) No, but Kim tells me that you were brave today. Oh, you know. You do what you have to do when you have to do it. My dragon slayer. Two pints of... I'll have the bitter and... I'll have the IPA. And I'll be back in a jiff. I saw Leander outside. He said we're dining tomorrow. Shall I grill? Thou shalt. I think it would be fun. It'll be good for Leander, too. He says he's hanging in there. He's pretty tough. He should see if Stan and Sally are free, and the Owens, and uh, maybe your Aunt Lena. Invite the world, my heart. Well, you two certainly seem to be having yourselves a good time. You should both be ashamed of yourselves for acting out in public like this. My Ronnie would never act like this out here in public, but I guess that some people just really don't care what they do, do they? Just like how they don't care who they upset with their actions and what all. You know, my Ronnie has never done you any harm, and look how you treat him. Kicking trash cans just to see if you can upset someone. I'd have you all locked away by the Federals if it were up to me. Then you'd have something to laugh at, wouldn't you? You'll see. My Ronnie is an important person. He'll show you all how much of a community leader he is. You'll see. He'll show you. Excuse me, Gail. Here are your pints, kids. I'll be back for your dinner orders in a flash, but first, Gail, honey, I need you to come with me here over to your table, okay? You want me to go with you? That's right, hon. But I was talking to them. That's okay, but I need you to come with me now, okay, Gail? Okay, I guess. Thank you. Did you really kick the trash can? I can report that there is a definitive residual imprint remaining from your previous encounter with Smithron, and that I believe that I have reinforced it. When did you do it? As I was leaving. I swear that he jumped a foot and a half. I almost choked trying to keep from laughing. You know, he's not that bad. He is a bank man, John. Yeah, too bad. 
Well, I have Mrs. Smith nestled into her booth with a glass of red. So what are you two lovebirds be having tonight? I'll have the garden casserole with a roll and ranch on the salad, please. I think I'll have a harvest salad. To go, please. To go? To go. Yes, to go. Home, and then we can get nice and comfortable, eat our dinner, and then enjoy some dessert. Dessert? Yup. I'd have to say that it was a pretty nice day. Not too hot, not too windy. Great food, varied interpersonal interactions, wonderful dessert. Yeah, it wasn't a bad day at all out here in Zephyr. today. There's even a dead squirrel, but it's not open yet. Thank you, me. Another perfect three-point landing. The old boy still got life in him yet? Hey, Bob, back off. This is my garbage. Hey, it's a, it's you, old crow. Little feather. Come here, son. Rub beaks with me. You made it to your second season. Thanks to you. All your help last summer really saved my tail feathers. I've been dodging roaring things and barking things with the best of them. Excellent. I knew you had it in you. You're a survivor, Little Feather. Good instincts. <sighs> Better than Little Three Toes, I'm afraid. Little Three Toes didn't make it? Didn't make it. Quite a nasty run-in with a roaring thing. Do you know the one disguised as a giant morsel? The Oscar Mirror winner? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I flew right into it. You remember? Thought it would be soft and luscious, but I just about knocked my beak off, but I kept on trying. And the humans were shouting, and it started roaring, and I yanked you out of there so fast you lost your center tail feather. You couldn't keep your balance for a week when you slept in the fir tree. You kept falling out. <laughs> Boy, those were shiny days. Too bad for the little three toes. Didn't have someone like you to watch out for them. Ah, sad but true, sad but true. Hey! What's that over there? It's a dead squirrel. It's dead, but not open yet. Stunned me. Here, let me try. Oh, damn these work stumpy beaks. What was it? <laughs> I said these damn weak stumpy beaks. Yeah, huh? Not even strong enough to rip open a pathetic squirrel. Here, Little Feather, help me drag it into the street. When another roaring thing runs over it, it will open up nicely. Great idea! There. That should do it. Right thing! Right thing! Ah, gross! Shiny! It worked like a charm! Learn something new every day, huh, boy? Stick with me. Mmm, fresh score. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> Too bad it's not <laughs> <bad>, of course. <laughs> course. <laughs> so, Little Feather, have you met any girls? Oh, Hawks, you know how it goes. I'm just a second year. <laughs> I can't compete. 
I've been helping my father, Big Feather, and his, his new mate, Hops, crooked over at the nest. <laughs> Feeding the new brood, eh? That's very flock of you, Little Feather. Hey, any chance to get next to a breeding female, you know? <laughs> Is Hops crooked shiny? Is she shiny? Her glossy feathers dance with the blue shimmer. Her cool black eyes glitter in the sunlight. Her sideways hop is the most graceful thing I've ever seen. Her... Okay, I get it. I get it, son. Hawks, you really got it bad. Uh, I, I guess I do. All season, I've been bringing her the best run, mice, and, and even a snake, and I let... Soak a few days first in the human's bird bath, then line them gently at her beautiful feet. She'll remember me, you can be sure. And when Big Feather moves on, I'm the one she'll want to rub beaks with. <laughs> <laughs> Shiny! That's the way, boy. You learn quick. That's the way I wooed little Puddle Sipper. I hunted worms after the rains and stole peanuts from the squirrel feeder for her two whole summers. I was getting ready to fight my brother for her, but in the end, he was taken out by an owl. Yes, a horrible way to go, Little Feather. Always watch the skies at dusk. You can tell an owl is coming by the way the pigeons will circle. If they are circling counterclockwise, beware. I did not know that. But Little Puddle Sipper was my girl for many wonderful seasons. We raised four healthy broods together. Four, Little Feather. Before... Before... I know. I know, old crow. For the big freeze of 04. Owl guts. Hawking owl guts. Damn that winter freeze. Otherwise, she might be with us today. <sighs> Since then, I haven't had the heart to find a new mate. I help my daughters with their broods, just like I used to help my parents when I was your age. We've got quite a big family, you know. Always another little beak to feed. I guess life cycles on. Sometimes I think I see the sparkle of her eye in one of the little ones. Or something very like it. So, speaking of the flock, where have you been, Okro? It's been lonely without you and, and much, much duller. Well, I don't intend to stay for long, Little Feather. Just coming back to catch up with the flock with the chicks and whatnot. As you know, I used to maintain territory here, foraging for morsels, raising the chicks, chasing those hawking hawks away from the roosts. But last November, I joined up with a large flock that said it knew where to find the most delicious morsels. Well, I was feeling melancholy about Puddle Sipper and tired of fighting with these pigeons and crows over every last morsel. So I just did it. I flew away with them. Oh! And we flapped and flapped, and I thought we'd never land. Boy, were my wings tired. The air kept getting damper and sweeter, and in the night, we roosted in fir trees dusted with snow. And in the day, we foraged for pine nuts and termites. And we saw those enormous crows called ravens that sound like barking things, but they wouldn't flock with us. Hm. Frankly, I was relieved. They're as big as owls. Ugh. Finally, we flew down into a mild, low place with a salty tang. You could taste it on your tongue, Little Feather. And then... I saw it. More noisy water than I ever thought existed. You know the thing the humans call the Wuramit River? This noisy water is like an all river. Like all the rivers in the world put together. Fucking unbelievable. Indeed. 
So all winter, Little Feather, that's where I've been. Instead of spending my time with the flock, teaching the young slicks about barking things and roaring things, I was beyond the hills, seeking those morsels of sheer delight. Oh, Crow, you, you have to tell me. Did you find them? Did you find the morsels? Incoming! Hey, old crow, you back? Well, yes, I've been back for... Hey, seen any good morsels around here today? Nothing to see here, Two Peaks. Um, why don't you go peck over there? Nothing? Well, what's that? A rock. What's that? A rock. How about this? It's still a rock. Listen, kid, don't you have somewhere to be? Pigeon guts. Something's got to be edible here. What's that behind you? Uh, nothing. Hey, Kirby! Well, speak of the owl, and the owl appears. Now you've done it. You've got pigeons. Bobbing in circles, looking for morsels. Bobbing in circles, pecking at rubbish. Seen any bread crust? Seen any chip crust? Seen any chip crust? Seen any bread crust? Well, we, um... Uh, Twinkies? Cookies? Pastries? Pastries? A bread Pasties? A breadcrumb would do. A speck would do. Some dust would do. A molecule would Carbo do. Carbo queens? Hawks, fellas! I said we didn't have anything. Now, if you'll just bob over to Fran's bakery, I think it's half off day there and. Roaring thing! Gah! Gah! Hawks, I thought we'd never be rid of those unshiny wing draggers. See, Little Feather? That's exactly why I needed to get away from here. Away from all this rabble, this uncouth mob, all these sad memories. But, oh, Crow, you never finished your story. Did you find the wonderful morsels or not? Little Feather, I did. And just as incredible as they cawed about. Imagine an endless banquet of dead swimming things and human packnack scraps and dead seagulls, where the salty air and blowing sand kills your mites, and as soon as you unfold your wings, the wind lifts you up into the clean gray air. <sighs> Told my sister Connie about it, but she thought I was a liar. Liar? Isn't she the liar in the flock right now? <laughs> Not like an egg layer, little feather, but liar. That's a crow who calls about morsels when there really aren't any. Or worse yet, are liars who find morsels and don't call about them. Oh, that is totally unflockworthy. Indeed. Good for nothing but owl bait, those ones. There was a crow like that when I was just a slick like you, my boy. Our flock pecked him to death, if I recall. Hawks. He had a limp anyway, of course. Of course. So, oh crow. <sighs> You'll be wanting to come with me beyond the hills, I suppose. Well, yeah. I mean, with a story like that, no mites, sweet air, dead morsels, packnack scraps. It sounds like paradise. It is paradise, my boy, as far as your stomach goes. But little feather, it gets lonely. No offering up wet mice to impress the girls. No watching the chicks grow up. No showing the slicks the ropes. It's just... It's just so far from the flock, Little Feather. I know, O Crow. O Crow, I think I'm ready to find out what it's like. Little Feather, what about Hops Crooked? I think a season of bulking up would help my cause. She won't forget me after all the morsels I brought her... And when I come back 
bigger and cleaner and shinier than ever before. Maybe I'll be the one she wants to preen her tail feathers. <laughs> well, little feather, I admit it would be less lonely to have you there. Almost like old times. Are you really up for this? Oh, Crow, I want to see the noisy water, too. I want I want to feel the salty wind lift my wings. I want to feel the cool air in my feathers. I want to eat from the endless buffet of dead things and pack-neck scraps. I want to... To come back home big and strong and get laid. Yeah! All right, son. You can come with me. All right! Just remember what I used to tell you. Stick with me, kid, and you'll be okay. That's right. Now follow me. Shiny! The following program has been made possible by the generous support of listeners just like you. We're volunteer-driven, listener-supported at kboo.fm backslash donate. up here now and I can crawl and I do mean crawl into 